that is like where we start in pregnancy at least is quieting the outside world and moving inward in this incredibly magical time and getting to know that person when really I think <laughs> the mom should be the one that is being like held and supported and massaged and touched if she wants that but like brought the food the support and attention should be on the mom so that the mom can care for the baby and all through pregnancy birth postpartum I feel like that's the case I feel like almost every aspect of our day is self-care <laughs> in the way that we create our day it, even going to the store feels like self-care I'm going and I'm getting groceries for us Welcome to the Honor Your Aura podcast, a podcast devoted to learning about, caring for, and empowering the energy within, with your host, Kema England. Okay, so here I am with Hannah Grace Taylor, and it is just my delight because I met Hannah, I was must have been five or six years ago, and I was so amazed by her, by you, because I remember, I think it was our friend Courtney telling me, oh, she's, you know, she's only 19 and at the time, and I, I thought it was just so profound because you carried yourself re- literally with such grace and had such a deepened awareness or at least it felt a deepened awareness about yourself, about life, your ability to um, put into words, I would say, energy that felt far beyond your years. And I always deeply respected that. And so it's been really fun to, you know, watch you, of course, at a distance, uh, and then have you here today. What I would love to just begin with is your personal journey, I would say, I know we go through, we each go through these shifts of, I'll call it awakening, awakening to ourselves, awakening to the world. But was there a significant time in your life when you kind of shifted into this deeper awareness of, wow, I'm not just a physical body living in a physical reality. And I would just love to hear you talk about that, talk about your own journey of becoming more sensitive to yourself and to the world sure yeah thank you for having me here Kema you're welcome yeah um you definitely met me at a really potent time in my in my life uh and that was probably my second big initiation into my understanding of myself as something more than just a physical being I'd say the first one the first, I had an understanding as a young, as a young child, um, but when I was 14 and was experiencing a lot of um, intensity in my family life, uh, you, you could say now um, how I refer to that, it was a very traumatic time in my um childhood and one day I had woken up with uh, this intense pain in my shoulder in my right shoulder and my neck 
and it was swollen and I couldn't move my neck and I couldn't move my shoulder. And I went to my ballet class, to my ballet teacher, and she uh, was really close to me and very energetically intuitive and looked at me and said, you need to go see my son. He's an energetic healer, medium. So I went to go see her son and he laid me out on the table and he started doing an energetic clearing. Uh, I'm still not entirely sure to this day what it is that he was practicing, but it was the first time I'd ever been explained the chakra system. And he only touched my arms at the very end, but as he was moving over my, my body, I could feel all these shifts happening energetically inside of me. And as he got closer to my shoulder and the pain in my back and my neck, I just started crying. And it was just this incredibly psychedelic experience, very um, just transformative. It shifted my entire reality in that one hour session of now seeing myself as something so much more and so much greater than just this physical body and having this understanding that, oh, that's why I developed this pain. My body is sending me a message and all of this crazy intense experience I'm having within my family is showing up now in my body. So that was my first experience. And I remember going home and I couldn't remember what he called them, chakras. And I spent hours and hours researching on Google about these different energy centers in my body. And, you know, eventually I found Reiki and all these other things. But that was the first, the big, the big first initiation into understanding myself as something more than just a yeah. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that amazing? And, you know, and that our physical body can be this, this portal and ultimately you were, you were led into that experience and what might've seemed at first, like you were having this kind of physical curse that was stopping you from moving forward. And then it, it ultimately had to direct, redirect you. And were you finding that when you were having this emotional release that you were able to um, kind of draw this conscious map as to what it was that you were processing at that time? Yeah, absolutely. And then I continued to, and I still do, I even got a massage yesterday from my amazing friend um, who's very intuitive and she doesn't know anything really about my past that much. And she's like, I see like a, there's still like a piece of metal, like someone stuck an ax in your back and there's like still a piece of metal in there, like from her vision. Um, so it, I'm still, it's still something that was so deep and so painful and I'm still working with today in terms of where that came from because it's still existent in my life today. Uh, so yeah, it's something I'm always shifting through and kind of uncovering it seems like. Okay. And I'm really, I'm really looking forward to, um, to like, yeah, sh shaking it out of there and making it not a part of my reality that it is today, or at least changing the story. Right, right. And and I think that that's such an interesting aspect of these, I, whatever energetic pockets that we're holding on to in our field, that they are always moving through us. And even though they can be so subtle in their 
um, presence just because they're not necessarily physically tangible, but nonetheless, yeah, coming through in maybe it's our inner words or our outer words or the ways in which we care for ourselves or perceive our experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's very powerful. So I'm sure that that experience and then your progression with energy modalities and Reiki has translated into your life um, in many ways. But if you could speak to that as to how that understanding of your the totality of who you are actually shifted how you were interfacing with your reality. Hmm. Yeah. Um, in so many ways, like you said, in so many different layers and ways that I do. But physically, anytime I experience any sort of illness or sickness or pain in my body, I first ask, like, why is this here? And what is the message? What is being told to me? Why do I have a cold or why do I have a sore throat? Um, you know, why is my immune system maybe lower than it should be? Like, those are all communications to me and not just, not just like, that's just how it is. To me, right. there's something deeper. And you find that that's revealed to you as long as you make that your kind of conscious intention. Yeah, absolutely. Even with my, my son, anytime he's had a cold, like, why is this here? What, you know, why is he maybe feeling stressed? Why is his immune system lowered? What is the message that's being sent? That's really beautiful. And and showing that there is a, a different way to, to navigate the, uh, whether it be discomforts or pains or illnesses, diseases, dis, you know, that we could, it could stop there. You know, it could stop there and we could respond in a way that perhaps we were programmed to respond, maybe out of fear, maybe out of anxiety, maybe out of panic, maybe out of something so much further from ourselves. And so to actually be able to take that bold step to say, wow, in this space of something scary or uncomfortable, I'm going to then go within and seek the answer that lies there. And I, I think that's beautiful. And and ultimately it's demonstrating just our body's beautiful wisdom as to how it can communicate and how it wants to be cared for, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than even judge. Because sometimes I find when we do ask those questions, oh, why am I, why am I sick? And then we're shown the answer and we might not like it. <laughs> Yeah, totally. And it can Absolutely. be, I know that for myself, I would, yeah, if I were to get a cold and then I, I would start to, you know, I'd get the intuitive answer and then I could very easily start to judge myself like, oh, you should have taken rest there or you overdid it there. And so to have that, that grace is really beautiful because, you know, I, I find it really interesting in this realm of energy. We always hear this word block and we love to use this word block. But ultimately, it's like we, we're doing, we have moments every day where we're just doing that to ourselves based on how we're judging the information that's coming through. Absolutely. What came through for me just now is like, yeah, when we create a story, we're ultimately creating a block. When we start to like uh, 
put a story around why we feel a certain emotion or why we're sick, then that's a block all of a sudden. You like projected upon, you know, just this simple feeling of emotion is now skewed from your reality because you just made up a story to put around it. Right. <laughs> and now it's, it's, it's amazing. And so how, you know, I know that you, um, you do have a young son. How are you finding that this, this awareness that you have and this journey that you've gone through, how are you able to apply that to your role as the mother? Mm. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, like to go into that, it needs to start at the beginning of like the beginning of pregnancy and that rite of passage and in, into motherhood, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, the three part rite of passage. And in pregnancy, it was really listening to my body and honoring my body, what I needed to eat when I needed to rest, which was pretty much all the time resting, sleeping, um, doing some exercise, but really listening to myself. And for me and my personal pregnancy journey, exercise looked like one walk a day and like five minutes of yoga scattered throughout the day. So I like maybe do 15 minutes of yoga. That was what my body wanted to do. And some days it didn't even want to do that. So just really listening to the intuitive senses of my body throughout that whole journey and and my mind and seeing that a lot of the stories like we were just talking about a lot of the stories that I was holding on to were coming up and wanting to release and I also wanted them too and what it felt like to me was releasing stories that I no longer needed in order to make room for the woman I was becoming as a mother as my belly was expanding, like my body needed more space, I needed more room, I needed to get rid of the shit, ultimately, that like, mm -hmm. didn't need to be there, so that I could fully show up um, in the ways that I want to. And how did that look, if you don't mind uh, offering what that process looked like when you were noticing what you were holding on to that you knew didn't have room anymore? What were your uh, methods or practices that allowed you to get to that space of either creating a new relationship with them or or releasing or transforming them? Uh, a lot of journaling definitely was probably the most or just things that would come up in conversation or old relationships, old friendships that started to just show up in my subconscious that maybe weren't not in my subconscious that would show up in my conscious in my like in my everyday mind's reality um like unhealthy unhealthy relationships that I had still were still a part of that I didn't ultimately want anymore mm -hmm. it was like all of a sudden I had this like fierce mama energy to set these boundaries that I hadn't done for so long all of a sudden as a mom it's like I need to learn how to do this for myself so I can do this for my child I need to keep myself safe so I can keep him safe and so I can show him what it means to create boundaries and 
live a joyful life that I create. So, yeah, but I would say the practices mostly was, yeah, was just journaling and talking, talking it out with my partner or, yeah, those were mostly the two. That's great. And I love what you said about boundaries and your own mind, because I, whenever I find myself teaching about boundaries, you know, we can, we can really easily look to the outside world and see where we want to put up these boundaries. Once we realize that, yes, we're a sensitive being to our environment, but the boundaries with our own mind are the most transformative, you know? And so I love that you were able to stand up in that fierce mother energy and, and read and start to command the ship. I, also acknowledge that 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 journey of just seeing what didn't fit anymore and allowing this new energy that you were entering into to navigate that and to not think that you were going into the past but rather the past was being revealing itself to you so that you could interface with it in this new energy and that's what I find to be really interesting because we're always going through these cycles, whether it's life cycles or the lunar cycles that are turning the flashlight on quite often to our past or our fears of the future. And it's not that we're going back there. It's, it's so that we can face it with this energy that we're kind of, that we're cultivating and building that we're in the here and now. Right. And like continuing the story, going back to stories, continuing the story on or finishing the story. Um, I've been liking that reframe instead of rewriting the story or whatever. It's like continuing that story, but finishing it in the way I want it to finish. And did you find that, you know, shifting your daily routine or rituals was at all challenging for you? You know, going from what I'm guessing wasn't just one walk and five minutes of yoga sprinkled around. How how was that for you? Yeah, it was challenging at times, um, especially towards the end of my pregnancy when moving was a lot more challenging um, or just like picking anything up or gardening or whatever. It was like much less than I normally do. And... That was a big part of my pregnancy was allowing that maiden self of mine like to release that or accept that she's not so much of a role for me anymore. And took a lot of surrendering and acceptance uh, into, into early postpartum, into the first year postpartum of... Yeah, finding finding acceptance, allowing myself to feel acceptance of my present, of like, yeah, you're not going on a run and you're not doing any yoga. I stayed in bed for the first 40 days postpartum and didn't do anything physical besides eat <laughs> and breathe, um, <laughs> which was challenging for my, like, for who I was before that to allow allow that all to kind of sit on the wayside while I 
just took care of this baby and really my self-care during that time was having other people take care of me (laughs) so that I could take care of the baby that was like maybe I got a shower in here and there but that was my self-care um yeah which like at that point I feel like a mother and a baby are still one in the same like they've been a part of each other for so long so my self-care is is his self-care at that time wow yeah and I'd, I'd love to hear about actually before we we hop into your present can I just ask you because I find that you're so from my perspective present and intentional in what you say and how you communicate your whether it be mental or physical experience is that something that you feel has just been ingrained in your nature or is that something that you feel that you were kind of taught or learned along the way both uh somewhat of of my nature but also like so many women I was taught when I was young to like kind of put my feelings aside and just push through and show up and be a people pleaser Mm -hmm. so um along the way I've learned some really powerful tools that are very helpful and one of them that I've been using a lot lately is just when I'm experiencing emotion, when I'm feeling emotion in my body, I pause and I feel it and I describe it, whether it's like a bubbling in my belly or a like cringing in my heart, whatever it is, and just kind of describe the sensation I'm experiencing and maybe describe if it's like anger or fear or joy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, but to, and not, not uh, saying why I'm feeling that emotion, just plainly feeling it. And then either doing some kind of movement or like sound to, until it shifts into something else. That's been a current practice I've been using quite a lot. And I find it very helpful and just really presencing myself to the anxiety I'm experiencing or the anger or whatever it is, especially with a little toddler running around like to just stop and be like, okay, I'm really experiencing some frustration right now and allowing that to shift and then show up again in full presence for my son without this frustration attached to me that has nothing to do with him. You know, it's my inner world creating that. So, yeah, so both. Um, But I think definitely I've learned a lot of tools and just from being around other mature women, especially, I've learned a lot. That's really beautiful. (laughs) And so, so speaking to your role now with a toddler, how have you navigated you know, taking care of him paired with your own kind of self-care and acknowledgement? Has it just been kind of a flowing process? Or is that, I know that you obviously like eat well and and spend time in nature, but what I would love to hear what that looks like for you. Yeah, it's definitely shifted. I feel like in the last six months, he's 18 months old now. So um, the last six months have have shifted and become been able to become a little bit more about me, like a little more separate from him. 
uh, in the beginning, it was doing a lot of self-care with him, with me, taking baths, putting body oiling, like he was just, he's just a part of it, which he still is. But now I, I get up earlier. I meditate in the morning. I try to every morning. Sometimes I sleep in with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I have a like an altar space in my own room that I go to in the morning, which is just really nice for setting a tone for the day before he wakes up. And I usually get some exercise and movement in by myself, <laughs> which is nice. My partner will watch watch Koa while I do that. And it's really little things, I feel like. The smallest things are my self-care. Like you said, eating well or just preparing food. I like doing honey masks on my face with just honey and taking a shower and dancing with with my toddler and, like, singing and playing music and just this the I feel like almost every aspect of our day is (laughs) self-care in the way that we create our day it's even going to the store feels like self-care I'm going and I'm getting groceries for us I completely agree (laughs) and it's so amazing I love that you're saying that because I I often find myself communicating this you know when I'm teaching Reiki or you know leading a class and we're talking about self-care or talking about self-reiki I'm like there's really no ending and like beginning and end maybe you're giving yourself that time in the morning but that's the the way that it should be or could not should could and can translate through everything that you do it's all a moving prayer and ritual to be nourishing yourself through your actions through your words and then when you create that kind of platform I'll call it an energetic platform you can then navigate oh wow this is an emotion that's arising or this is a action that is creating an energy that is not in resonance with this inner energy that I've cultivated and to work with that and I love what you were saying about how you work with those we'll just call them denser feeling emotions because it just so beautifully showed how they are energy in motion and that they can move and that they just want to be met and they don't necessarily need to be analyzed all the time or to run from or get scared by that energetic quality it's just they're they're there to communicate just like anything else and and I love what you're saying about having those tools and those resources because they're available to all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking too, like when I take those moments to recognize the energy just as energy, that just flows so nicely into the self-responsibility and not projecting on my, like I'm so annoyed at my partner. It's like, no, I'm just experiencing the sensation of annoyance, like that's it. It doesn't need to be this now, like, oh, my son is, you know, being really crazy right now and I can't handle it. Like, instead, it just gets to be, oh, I'm experiencing some, like, you know, my armpits are kind of sweaty and I'm a little shaky and whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So much cleaner. It's just a cleaner experience and I can shift through it and move through it so much faster than this blame game, ultimately. 
Right, because it's so much easier, right? Yeah, to put it on something else. And I think especially at this time, we don't need to get into it, but right now I think we're all being kind of, we'll just say triggered across the board by by whatever, by whatever it is that's being exposed within ourselves giving given this new reality. And there's so many targets that we can pro project our annoyance, anger, frustration, fear, all, you know, all of those more uncomfortable emotions. It's like, we can just, we can put them all over the place. And, and what I love that you're saying, it's like, yes, it's, it feels cleaner and we're not, and you're not giving your energy or power away to something else or putting right. it on him. Because I think ultimately that's something really powerful to touch upon, you know, as a parent, as a partner, that we're all interacting with each other's energy. And just as you likely felt your parents putting an energy on you, every day, every moment, you're exchanging with your son and your partner, and you then have this power of what energy you are projecting onto them, whether or not it comes out in a action or a word even, and mm -hmm. how powerful that is. So really taking responsibility. And I think that's incredibly admirable. And it makes perfect sense as to why you are um, holding the, the role and responsibility that you are for other people as well. Yeah. So if you would like to, to share, I know that you're offering this, what feels like your own real life experience that you've had up until this point and put it together as a as a guide or support for other women yeah right now i'm just offering one-on-one -on -one virtual support for women in pregnancy birth postpartum even if they're two years postpartum or their preconception just this supportive and caring space that can be something more than just your average prenatal care where you go in and pee on a stick and get your blood pressure checked. Like where you can actually have interpersonal care and support on so many levels from nutrition to energy to movement to every, you know, every spectrum of what is so important to honor women as they go through this childbearing continuum and this rite of passage into motherhood. So right now it's just a virtual one-on-one -on -one and I'm not exactly sure what I'll expand into, but maybe a, a group course and we'll just see where it all goes. <laughs> That's great. And what I, what I find interesting about the journey of motherhood, it, and I think that it sounds really valuable in terms of your offering, is acknowledging to the the emotional journey we can show up and we know okay I can care for myself physically in all of these different ways taking rest and whatever but then to get to know ourselves maybe in these scarier what well, kind of feels kind of scary when our emotions don't seem maybe like they're ours or they don't feel familiar and so if I would love to hear you just shed some light on on that process and how you how you would work with someone that maybe was feeling like an energy was coming up that they didn't feel like they could handle or entering into almost this new version of, of themselves. Yeah, I guess it's so um, personal for each person, this 
what this experience is for them based on their childhood and their relationship with their mother and the stories they've been told about parenthood, the stories they've been told about birth, this kind of idea that people have uh, before becoming a parent and while becoming a parent. There's something that happens when you're pregnant when all these strangers just think they can give you advice without asking. It's really intense. <laughs> and I know a lot of pregnant moms experience it where all of a sudden you're told everything about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood <laughs> from all these strangers. Um, so it's a lot to hold and sort through. And then on top of that, prenatal visits and the kind of weirdness that that can be for a lot of women. Um, it's just, I feel like for a lot of pregnant women, they forget who they are or what's theirs and their intuition because so much is put on these outside sources, especially now with the internet, you can look everything up and kind of maybe lose track of what your intuition is saying. I think for a lot of women, that is that is like where we start in pregnancy at least, is quieting the outside world and moving inward in this incredibly magical time and getting to know that person. So, I do guided meditations, homework, different things, um, just depending on where that woman's at. I love that. And it's so true. I mean, and it can be applied to so many different areas of our life, the plethora of information that's out there and ultimately giving someone the trust and the faith that they can shift gears and that they do have all the you know resources that they, that they need. And giving yourself the freedom to clear the headspace because there's so many times I think that we feel like quote unquote crazy. And it's really just because we're, we've been a sponge to everyone else's opinions and way of doing things. Even if it's something that seems seemingly, you know, healthy, we could have, wow, I'm going to you know decide to make breakfast. And then it's all based on 10 different articles we read about 10 different healthy options or 10 different, you know, and, but totally. also, and, and just that process could be incredibly overwhelming, but we don't ultimately know how something is going to make us feel. And so there is that process of rinsing the sponge, so to speak, so that we can come back into that really rich feeling state to say, wow, does this feel good or does it not feel good? And know that there is a, a path and, and a really beautiful process of getting there. Again, not to set up that block that just says, I'm experiencing this and that's mm-hmm. all that there is, you know? And then again, perhaps then even going further outside of ourselves. And so I love that you're just, you're giving that reminder and you're giving that, that guidance that, a really powerful time yeah in so many traditions and in so many cultures I feel like up until maybe the last hundred years in our western culture maybe a little longer in our western culture but the rite of passage to motherhood is one of the most like honorable experiences a woman has in so many cultures and it's so much of it is overlooked in our society people are when the baby's born, they just want to see the baby and hold the baby. But even though the woman's hormones are potentially screaming, like, don't touch my baby, there's like this social expectation 
to hand your baby over to other people and like when really I think <laughs> the mom should be the one that is being like held and supported and massaged and touched if she wants that but like brought the food the support and the attention should be on the mom so that the mom can care for the baby and all through pregnancy birth postpartum I feel like that's the case and yeah it just feels like a really feels like my dharma at this time in my life like the truth that I'm bringing to the world and what I'm sharing and I I really love what I'm doing so (laughs) that just makes me so happy to hear so just one last question I would just love to hear your interpretation of the aura or of your energy field? What does that have as meaning for you? I feel like it's a complex thing, but it's also so simple. (laughs) And for me, it feels like my, kind of like the reflection of what I'm experiencing on the, in my inner world is kind of shown in this outer sphere around my body. And I also think of it as like my protection um, from other energies out there. And I find importance in maintaining a strength and a light within my aura to protect me in this energetically diverse world. (laughs) That's my short explanation. (laughs) Thank you so much. Well, Hannah... I will, I'll definitely be sharing all the ways that people can get in touch with you and stay connected with you. I know that you're always sharing these really just insightful, truthful, honest excerpts of your own experiences, whether that be as a mother, whether that be your emotional, mental journey. And, and I know that your sharing is just helping so many, whether it be in that one-on-one context or be just through the influence of, of social media. You're really leading a beautiful example. And thank you, Gemma. Yeah, and thanks so much for taking the time to to share your wisdom and, and your truth. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Honor Your Aura podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did, please leave a review and share with your friends. Because I want you to be the start of the ripple that allows others to honor and empower the energy that lies within.